This is the end Hold your breath and count to ten Feel the earth move and then Welcome to the Outer Limits of Intertooth Radio Show OuterLimitsRadio.com I'm your host, Ryan Alright, is it just me or does it seem like the world's about to completely blow up? You've got all this talk about war, uh, no talk about peace, and it just seems that people are acting irrational, especially in the U.S. You talk to the average U.S. citizen, and they're like frothing dogs. Ah, war. It's like, you know what? Why don't you shut the hell up and talk about peace? And I'm sorry to start things on a negative note, but I just think it's insane. Why would you want to blow someone up? Why don't you look at peace? And if you're feeling that way, if you think the world's going crazy, I'm here to tell you that this is a sanctuary. This is a sanctuary where love and peace reign free. So I'm starting that off because I want to tell you that we have a great guest for you this evening, Miss Karen Reese. She's a psychic medium. We've worked together for a very long time. And we actually talk about some of her insights and predictions about whether or not we're going to have a thorough world war. So I don't know. You know. I'm going to say this, that regardless of what happens outside, outside that crazy reality with all these people that want to live life in this tyrannical type system, if you've got peace and love and freedom within your heart, I think you can build a different world and a different reality. And if you've been listening to this show for a long period of time, you know that all this show is about is giving you any tool you you have that you need to help you build that reality. So it's an honor to have you with us this evening. The Outer Limits of Intertooth Radio Show proudly presents an introspective interview with Miss Karen Reese. Our guest today on the Outer Limits of Intertooth Radio Show is psychic medium Miss Karen Reese. Miss Reese has given detailed readings to over 10,000 individuals to date, including law enforcement, entertainment, film stars. She's also appeared on TLC, A&E, CW, Discovery, Lifetime, and Biography Channels. You learn more about Miss Reese by going to her website at Karen K A Y R N Reese R E E C E dot com. Miss Reese, welcome to the program. It's a great honor to have you with us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always fun. It's always fun with you and your spirit to come around you. You thank lucky guy, you. The spirits that are around me have to be seriously looking at me with great disappointment and going to the spirit bar all the time. <laughs> That or they're demented. They know how to have a good time. They're absolutely <laughs> demented. You know, I, some people call on their spirit guides to ask them out with the situation. How can I help? They just they don't give me advice. They just they say, doesn't walk into the wall. Go, don't look before you cross the street. This <laughs> reason. How did you um, discover that you had these incredible abilities? Um, actually, this is a gift that my parents had I thought it was normal growing up actually my mother's side not my dad's side they're men's and members my dad's side but uh, it was at the age of seven when up until that point I'd say I'd see like dead people following somebody at the store when I was two or I would know that there was going to be a, a car crash or whatever my mom would walk around oh I saw three monks I saw a dead uncle Frank but at the age of seven I predicted my dad's passing and he dropped dead suddenly unexpectedly of a stroke which he shouldn't have died he was young he just had a um a checkup, and he's in great shape, thin, healthy, and um, so fortunately, when my grand came to town um, and uh, was babysitting us, that's when it, you know it came to light that we were psychic, both my brother and I, because we just thought it was normal. Well, kind of crazy, but welcome you know, to my world. <laughs> when you were growing up, you know, sometimes that kids are being told, okay, you know, ghosts don't exist, spirits don't exist. Did you have anything from your parents that were telling you that uh, they have that reinforcement saying that things didn't exist, or were you allowed to just perceive reality the way you naturally did without any kind of impediment telling you what was real, what wasn't real? Uh, actually, that's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that question. Uh, my mother just, you know, never said nothing. You know, it was just sort of accepted. It wasn't like she said they exist or they don't exist because she would see them and she would make predictions, but she didn't encourage or discourage. It was just sort of like normal. Oh, yeah, you know, I saw Dad Uncle Frank today. Oh, you know, we were at the grocery store and, you know, I saw a little boy who was dead following, you know, his sister. Or, you know, you would see like um, a train crash and later that day there would be an announcement there was a train crash or something. So it was just sort of treated like anything normal. Sure. So when you were growing up, did you feel that everyone had these abilities, that it just seemed completely normal to you? You know, I never really questioned it. I just assumed it was normal. 
And it wasn't until I started to get a little bit older that I realized this wasn't commonplace and that it was something that not everybody does, you know, whether it's seeing the future or seeing dead people or pick it up on, you know, information. So, yeah. And when you're seeing these spirits and you have seen these spirits that that hang around people, are those the spirits' residual energy or is that the spirit in its true form that's hanging around that has not gone on to its uh, final destination? Um, what I see, it's truly the person out of body who um, is there either because they want to reassure their loved one or, and I tell people, you know, I think a lot of people make a big deal out of somebody not being able to move on or whatever. So I tell people, of course you're able to move on. I, I try to tell people, it's like taking a trip from here to California or from New York, whatever state you're in, in my case, New York. Um, but a lot of times people are just stopping in. Why? Because they can. Kind of like what we do here now. Same principle. I think I'll go visit, you know, my nephew, Tony, who's, you know, still alive, see how he's doing because I was very close to him. So you'll see that. So the physical travel, I'm just, uh, if, why would they want to physically travel if they are, if, are they not at that point where they completely merge in with God, where they can be at all places all at once, or is that just a point where they're, they're just not fully there yet? Um, no, they can do it. They, they travel faster. Um, I was using it more as an analogy, though. Like if somebody wanted, like a human in the physical form, wanted to visit somebody out in California and they're from the, you know, East Coast, they'd hop a plane, boom, visit. Kind of like people, you know, they go through a tunnel, they hit here, and then when it's time to go back to their life on the other side, which you have a house and things to do, shopping, and so on and so forth. In fact, a lot of the things that we have here originate in the other world. Then, you know, they'll go through the tunnel, kind of like taking a plane to California, so... And get back onto that. Well, hopefully that's enough. Right you know, there's multiple dimensions. <laughs> right. And hopefully they take the elevator going up. Oh. Or door number one, door number two. Go to the colder door, not the warmer one, you know. Have you ever seen spirits that have come around that, have, that, that are coming from a very dark place that are a place of punishment, that are hanging around trying to communicate a message to someone to, to let people know that, hey, I'm not doing okay. Hey, you know, i got some issues going on. Please send me prayers. Yeah, you know, I haven't. It's kind of funny because I've also seen demonic ones, which is a whole separate category. But I've had... Um, instances a couple instances with the mafia which is kind of funny i guess they're still organized on the other side but i had this gentleman come in and i had been reading his daughter and during our reading so oh, your father's telling me he was organized you know really organized but what he was telling me is you know i was an organized crime i didn't want to get too into that realm because you know the my you know whatever protection in hers and i said to her i go you get what i mean she goes oh i know exactly what you mean i go yeah he used to quaff around the you know, the funeral homes, him and his, you know, boys, you know, make it really pretty. In other words, he was saying I was burying bodies. Um, what he did say is he did have many regrets that he wasn't in a higher dimension because there's more than just one dimension. You have the ultimate high, the ultimate low, and you have, like, several variations in between. So, you know, depending on how naughty or how nice you are, you could go to a, a really nice place, kind of like a four-star hotel to, like, a two-star hotel, you know, that kind of thing. Okay, when you say naughty or nice, is that – comparable to what some religions view as sinful or is it a comparison to say how much love and compassion you're really able to show um both because love and compassion obviously falls into uh you know religion so um you know you've got hitler who's in the ultimate hell and he'll always stay there him and his uh, posse of, of people there's no way he'll ever come out he was a monster and then you know you have people that do dumb things and they're maybe midway um, I know, like, the Catholics often have um, purgatory, which they were pretty right on the track as far as having another place, not just heaven and hell. Like, most religions have that standard that are, you know, red or white or left or, you know, whatever, black or white or red or, you know, left or right. You know, you, you don't have choices, but there really are. Right. So, and depending, on, you know, people, if they, they're not bad, but maybe they don't believe in God, they may not end up in heaven. They may end up sort of in a midway range. Now, do you perceive, do you believe in reincarnation? Big time, and I've actually seen my own life during right. meditations, out-of-body experiences. Yeah, one way to know that you've had reincarnation is if you have some sort of, like, love or fancy for a particular period of time, or you meet somebody and you feel like you're really drawn to them, you really like them, you don't know why, or you really don't like a person. Um, those are some indications of past life ties, reincarnation. Like, I love the French period, especially, you know, during the um, 1800s with the Impressionism and all of the above. I love the Champs-Élysées, and what's funny, when I went over to Paris with my husband, who's half French and half Italian, he's American, but every time I was out walking around without him, people would come up to me and talk to me, and I'd go into stores and whatever, and I studied French in class, but I would never, you know, say hello first, but when I was with my husband, they would never 
speak to me. They were kind of rude at that point, which was kind of funny because he's actually half French, you know. But I think either they picked up or perceived me as a non-American um, or that they may have been picking me up, too, as like a little bit of a French hint. And it felt very natural, you know, in Paris. It felt like it just hits home. Always loved the language. Did a thesis in college um, with some French uh, history, art history. Love it. You no. know, whereas, you know, go ahead. Did you see anything about uh, what have you learned in this particular lifetime that you had a that you hadn't learned in a previous lifetime? What was your purpose in coming in here? What what were the key lessons that you had to learn? Oh my God, that's such a great question. Nobody asks me questions like you do. You are like the best interview per You totally are because you know those are really key questions. I think Thank in you. my case, it's yeah, totally. You do you do you ask like some good questions. I think there's a bunch of factors. I think um, part of why I'm here is to help people. You know meet their resolution in the way that I can help them. Each person has a way of helping people. I think my lesson is to help motivate and get people to go from point A to point C because people don't always live out their dreams. I think the lessons that I've learned in my life is uh, trying to figure out how to slow down, which is something I still haven't mastered because I'm always like on the go. People are always telling me, you never sit still. Um, and that means taking better care of yourself. But, you know, just, there's so much... There's so much life, but not enough time to live it. So, you know, you're always trying to do 20,000 things. So, so those would be the two things. And also to help animals. I'm yeah, a big animal animals. lover. Now, do you see mm -hmm. animals? Uh, a lot of people, some people say that, that uh, animals are one collective soul group. So there's one collective soul group of dogs, cats. Do animals that come into contact with human beings, do they go on to different evolutions? Like, there's an animal who becomes so familiarized with human beings, do they have the capability of graduating or taking on a human life form or taking on an additional life form that is not uh, an animal, that is not uh, our dog or cat? Um, it's been my experience from what I've been um, exposed to from the other side that animals typically stay within the animal kingdom. That's okay. their natural soul. That's their natural like you and I could never be an ET. Well, then again, maybe we could be, but, you know, <laughs> little gray. I'm getting a little gray, of course. I'm just coming out of winter in upstate New York, you know, Buffalo, but it is what it is, you know. But, um, you know, typically you'll stay within that type of genre, so to speak. You know, if you're a dog, you'll be a dog. You might become a master dog, but, you know, you'll stay as a doggy. Same with kitties, hamsters. Um, yeah, like to say the same but it's kind of yeah, you know, humans will always stay humans. You may be of a different ethnicity, you know, you may be gay or straight, you know, those are learning experiences too, you know, especially in this day and age, you see so many haters and, you know, that's not very godlike anyway. So you may say, I despise gay people in your next life, you become, you, you know, be you're somebody that has a tendency. Yeah, your hormones will shift your thinking, you know. So. Oh my goodness! That's hey, that's why our bitch. Be careful! Who, be careful who you condemn in this lifetime. You know, you mentioned something before about Hitler, and I'm just curious. You said Hitler is in a very dark place. He's never getting out of it. Well, if you have reincarnation, you have the capability of continually to come back and, I guess, grow your soul. Can Hitler have the opportunity and chance to come back and to redeem himself? Would he have to come back and go through several thousand years to do things for people and make penance with every other person? And I'm saying this as the idea of a possibility because if we have this idea that you know all life is eternal there's infinite time why could there not be infinite life incarnations and infinite incarnations and opportunities for him to come back and to make things right or even come back as a, as a celestial eventually if he were given the opportunity which i don't foresee anytime soon because I, I feel that given the atrocities that him and his posse caused so um he would have to do multiple oh yeah and you know it's kind of funny because i think he's so dark that he because I've, I've seen hell. There's different levels. In fact, I was recently getting ready to do a, um, a cleansing, whatever. And the night before I started getting harassed, I won't bore you with the details. I was out of body, and I started going down um, this cavern of hell anyways on my back, falling down. But he's so screwed up that I don't even believe that where he's at, he can even understand, what, you know, light. So I don't even think that he even knows that he can possibly try that. I don't think God would give him the chance at this point, but I don't think he's recognizing that yet either. So um, he'd have to do multiple lives, that's for sure, because he wouldn't be able to learn it in one life, and he probably would be put in a really bad situation, you know, like somewhere where people are abused. Oh, my goodness. Now, when you're f focusing on hell, do you see hell as a place that is born out of human consciousness, where it is human beings that are driving the force and the cruelty of it? Or do you see hell or this dark place as something that has been there 
long before human beings were created. It is it was maybe I consider call it a uh, universal black hole that kind of filters out or pulls into it all uh, darker energies. And hell could be a place that you find in all different aspects of species and all life forms. Um, yeah, I believe health was pre-made, so to speak, okay. um, before we started to incarnate. But I definitely think we feed it with our negative energies. You know, we're like it's uh, sustenance. We're the, you know, the living force for all things hellish. And every chance, you know, that Satan and the devils and minions get a chance to, you know, bring us in, they'll do it. Okay. And as far as the, the original devil goes, is that uh, is that a human is that a human being that originally started everything, or is that a is that really based on the the idea of Saint Michael versus Satan? Um, definitely Saint Michael. Yeah. yeah, he was definitely. I think the Bible, indirectly, if you read certain things, will imply, um, you know, the devil and whatever, um, really existing and having those types of qualities and what have you. But there's definitely, Saint definitely exists. He was definitely, um, you know, or you know, made, you know, bad angel. Angel went bad, you know. Okay, so basically, what happens? He de he defies God and says, "I'm going to do my own thing." But um, is do you think that in some way, shape, or form that there could be some peace or there some, could be some good things? Because if you think about the difference between how we perceive God and religion, or how organized religion perceive gods, and how people perceive government, I always feel like God and government. I always feel like they're being projected with the same things. Like you don't want to defy them. They're all powerful. They're all right. You don't question them. And that's why I always feel like sometimes when a person is rebellious, even if they are the devil, I almost feel like as, are they necessarily dark or evil, or are they being are they being painted as evil because they are challenging the social norm because they are challenging power? Well, I think you're right in both instances because you can definitely learn, you can definitely watch them, you know, be antagonistic, um, protagonist, I guess if you want to call this as, as a story. But I definitely believe that they are legitimately, you know, legitimately evil, but they do have a role. It gives us a chance to contrast, you know, yin and yang, day and night and whatever. So you can look at it as a learning curve. Okay. And you mentioned before, um, that, as we were talking, that you see some dark energies or demonic entities that are maybe on the planet. Is there a reason why they are here? Do you see that there are more uh, demonic entities on the planet at this present time? And do you feel that the world is on the precipice of a colossal disaster, a World War III type event, because, you know, people who follow the show that we post on a regular basis, there was some kind of escalation in the war in Syria. And I'm just wondering if uh, that has any, if there's any correlation between those two. Oh, yeah, everything's lining up. We definitely are looking at Armageddon that everybody's been looking for, which is kind of funny because when you think about it, you have this big blowout. And we've done this repeatedly in history. You know, you have these big blowouts, and then people end up, after everything's been destroyed or whatever, then what do you have to do? Rebuild. Yeah. So, yes, we're going down that road. And Satan's having his field day. Um, that's what, you know, Satan lives for, lives off of negative energy. So, unfortunately, you know, it is what it is, but, you know, that's what we're looking at. Um, I always tell people I wouldn't get too caught up with all the drama. Just live your life as as intelligently as you can and try to have a good heart. That's all you can do. Could external events such as war and atrocities wrap up people in them no matter where they are in the vibrational frequency? I, it can. It definitely can. And that's why all the more reason you want to maintain a positive, you know, focus. Um, it's very easy. And that's what Satan's doing. Satan's playing its game. That's This whole thing is what Satan wants. Satan wants to bring a bunch of people over, you know, to disguise, for lack of a better word. So whatever maneuvers, and I hate to say it, I mean, you get a lot of subconscious stuff, whether they're advertisements, you know, you go to a store, you see signs, you turn on the TV, you're getting messages, you're seeing the truth, and behind it, you're getting hypnotic messages. Our government doesn't always tell us everything, you know, so everybody wants to, you know, we're, unfortunately, the majority of people on this planet are being manipulated by the powers that that are, you know, our government's infiltrated with a lot of negativity, unfortunately, yep. and, you know, some of it's demonic. You know, I've always been curious about this. I always thought that, okay, if God is all things and it is all things that ever were, ever will, ever will be, then Satan or the dark forces originate from God, it seems like, because if God is the source of all things, so why would the source, uh, the God, do anything to 
it hurt itself. Why would it do anything to harm itself if even the darkness, even the cruelest aspects of humanity are a part of it? You know what? I struggle with that question, even though I've been told repeatedly it's a learning experience, it's contrast, you can't understand day without night, and you're also being told, okay, here you go, here's your game of life, you have a choice to pick. Let's see what you really want to do, here are the factors, and even though there's a lot of bad, what are you going to do with it? It's almost like God throws you on to figure it out and puts us to the test, which, again, nobody wants to get hurt in any kind of way, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or physically, but um, that's the part of just uh, of why we're put in a position where there's a lot of evil. Because I yell at that all the time. Stop, you know, allowing animals to be hurt and whatever else. Yeah, I don't understand that. I understand what the purpose of that, especially the animals are so compassionate, so giving. I mean, I have to tell you, I, when it comes to an animal, I also have an animal over a person. I think animals, absolutely people, I don't know. It's just, I, I guess if somebody I really like, I don't know. It's a dark thing to say. You're like me. I'm not, well, no, not animals. I don't, animals are supposed to. But this whole World War III thing, I mean, is, is this thing that you've, uh, stats have felt, do you think this is going to be one of the largest events in human history? Or do you, is there a bigger reason why this is happening? And do you foresee this? What do you see for happening with this event? Well, I think we're going to start seeing escalations. You know, I think everybody's going to be, like, taking two steps forward, one step back. You know, they're going to play that game for a little bit. But there's undercurrents of escalations. I think it was really foolish that we sent Iran all that money because, of course, you can't trust, you know, a liar. Same thing with Russia. Russia knew very well that there were uh, poisons that Assad was using. So, I mean, they're already showing their cards, but you're going to start to see, you know, escalations as time goes on. And then we're going to see some economic escalations. Everything's going to start to play out like you read in the Bible. Okay, so basically what we're going to see, so what, a nuclear war? We're going to see a, a big economic crash? Mm-hmm. What do you How do you foresee it? Or, I mean, for right we're going to start seeing, yeah, we'll start seeing some rocky rolling going on with our uh, economic. Um, you're going to also see, you know, people starting to line up. I feel like if they start to line up, then they're going to freeze, hold their position. The problem is we got that crazy man in Korea, and he's looking at us and the Iranians, and they're all getting together. So Russia's a little smarter. They're not going to be looking at wanting to go to war, but they're trying to put their tough, you know, stance out there, but they know they're caught. Um, but the other ones, they're definitely looking. They're looking to bomb us. Okay, yeah. So uh, that, unfortunately. It seems like it's getting a little crazy. And you've mentioned the Bible a few times. Is that something that you believe in, something you follow? And um, does, it, does it really resonate with you? You know, I'm not a Bible thumper at all. I didn't do church as a kid. I told my mother as a kid, I don't need the priest, the rabbi, or the minister. God gave me a brain. Um and she was very cool with that. Um, and her father's side, they were, um, you know, Irish Catholic, my grandfather's side. So I was exposed to it. I don't really pay much attention to the Bible, with the exception of Revelations. I do believe that we are given messages. And, you know, it's, it's been foretelling many things that are just starting to come about. So, you know, and I think that was just God's handprint in saying, okay, you know, here's what's coming up, you know, Sorry, make a plan of action. Now, just, do you see like a Mad Max type scenario? Are we going to be living like the Walking Dead type of reality well, without the zombies, but everyone kind of like scraping by and living in a third world country, basically? Um, not, uh, the United States eventually will end up in a bad place like that, where it is going to be tougher for people. Um, I don't think we're going to be as extreme as Mad Max, but I definitely will say that, you know, there's going to be haves and half nots, the majority of which will be have nots. Um, and you're going to see inner city riots, which we've already starting to see. It's unfortunate. You know, everybody's so, you know, the last eight years now, currently everybody's picking their posts, you know, man against man, you know, that kind of thing will rise up against each other. So we will be seeing that. We'll see some issues with food, you know, coming up because there's going to be some problems. So can we get through it? Of course we can. We've done it before. It's just a shame that the world goes through cycles. Why does it have but to go through it? Why, why do we need to go through it? What's the purpose? I mean, if you, if you love and believe in freedom and peace and, you're right at that point. What's the purpose of uh, having to be here on Earth at the time when it's already happening? You know what? That's another great question. God, I love your questions. You. Um, the bottom line is, you know what? People haven't learned. They haven't figured it out. You don't have to choose this path, but if you're going to, which is what they tend to do, I don't know, they like drama. I think people don't realize you don't always have to show or allow your ego or your toughness to get in front of you. You know, there's plenty of opportunity around you. You don't have to take from somebody. You don't have to be the big boss. But, again, that's ego-driven, so that's pretty much what mankind hasn't figured out. You don't always have to have your ego drive you. Got it. And do you believe or have you seen spirit guides that – does every person have their own uh, set of spirit guides or their own uh, 
uh, you know, guardian angel constantly watching out for them? Yep. Um, when we were first created, each person was assigned several um, spirit guides. You'll have one Cahoon, and usually you'll have, like, two juniors. And then along the way, as you go through life, as you progress, you might say, oh, I need the art you know, guide today. I need my CPA guide. I need my health guide. So you'll have these guides come in for short periods of time. And they'll help you out. All you have to do is ask. Ask as you fall asleep at night. That's usually the best time because the intention goes out, yep, and you're going to end up meeting them at some point in your dreams anyways, and usually you do it every night. So it's a good way of saying, hey, you know, I want to know you. Give me a sign. What is your name? You know, that kind of thing. Oh, they do. Yeah. But you have to ask, though, because no uh, guy's going to interfere. No, if you look at the world the way it is today, if the world is, like, on the verge of World War Three, if you're gonna if you were to pick one of the two situations, what is it? Is it the majority of people have very bad or stupid spirit guides that are leading them down this dark path, <laughs> or is it the people that are not listening to the spirit guides who are telling them, saying, "Listen, stop being so stupid. No, you don't want to go to nuclear war. No, have That's cupcakes. Actually, Two pancakes instead. Don't 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 find nuclear war. Just, you know, cupcakes. <laughs> Actually, people just choose not to listen to their guides. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, yeah, people are we're a bunch of dum-dums. You know, when you get those gut instincts sometimes and you're like, geez, maybe I shouldn't go down the road I normally go down to on the way to work. I'm running five minutes late. Well, I'll go. I'll take it anyway. But for some reason, I feel I should take it ulterior road. You end up going down that road and sure as anything, there's a, a blockage of sorts. So you were getting that psychically, which could have been your guide saying, hey, dum-dum, you're already going to be late. You don't want to get into trouble. And, you know. You made that choice not to listen. I mean, we've all done that, you know, or it's your psychic. But either or, a lot of times your guides will give you those types of gut instincts too. Well, but people don't always listen. Is the majority of people not listening to their guides right now to get us to the point where we're about to go through World War III? Is it, or is it the guides that are actually being corrupted? I mean, could you have spirit guides that, that are theoretically speaking assholes? I mean, could they be actually out there that, you know, they could be – you could have a guide. Maybe it's somebody who you killed in the last lifetime. That's there to perpetually sabotage you. Um, typically speaking, if you have a situation where you did wrong to somebody, that person would come into the physical where you would have the chance on the stage of earth to work it out. But you can have a, a guy that will corrupt. It's highly unlikely, but we know when we look at angels like Satan, who was once a big kahuna for God, he ended up taking a walk on the dark side, you know, and he was a big angel at the time. So it is possible. I think a lot of times when you see somebody who's dark, um, they tend to have guides that may be dark as well behind the scenes, or at least somebody who's trying to play into it. Right. It's nope. very possible. It's very – all right, so they may have it. But as far as Satan goes, I mean, what, how did he basically – how did that whole fallout really happen? When he just said, hey, look, you know, I, he looked in the mirror and said, hey, I'm, I'm a sexy angel. And God's like, no, you're not sexy. You're <laughs> how did the whole thing happen? What's what's the fundamental like reason why – you know, they, they fell out of favor. And actually, another question is, how could, it, how could it happen if they are in eternity where there's no time? And wouldn't this have to play out over an existence where there is time? So for Satan to come up with the idea saying, I'm going to defy you, and then, you know, God goes through the motions of putting him in hell. Because if you're in eternity, doesn't all things happen all at the same time? Um, that's what they say. But when I've experienced the other side, I've seen it more linear. Although when I wanted to jump ahead and say, you know, let me see the future on something, you know, when I'm out of body or whatever, I've been shown that. So, but in my case, it's a little bit more linear. But as far as the devil, I mean, the devil just made a bad decision. And even though the devil's in eternity, God's given him some leverage. And I think God's done it for us to really say, challenge yourself. See, you know, are you going to take a walk on the wild side or are you going to go down the, you know, straight and narrow path? Well, what was the basis of the argument? What, what, what did they, how did they have a falling out? I mean, it couldn't, uh, oh, that's... couldn't they, somebody make them have peace? Couldn't they go on Dr. Phil or something like that and just say, come on, come on. I mean, <laughs> No, because I think the devil was too stubborn. Right, but how did they, I mean, The devil wanted control. See, that's something I don't understand. Jealousy. It's an idea that's, uh, you know, let's pray for peace. Well, it's like, you know, if they're going to pray for peace, why don't you get God and Satan at the table? Let them work out. You know, why don't you set the example for everyone else to follow instead of, you know, just saying, you know, do as they say, not as they do. That's a good question. You know, the problem is, though, Satan doesn't want that. Lucifer wants to be the king. Lucifer wants control. Lucifer felt that Lucifer just, Lucifer just exhibited jealousy. You know, that, you know, Satan wanted to be the be-all, end-all, wants to be God, you know, jealousy. And unfortunately, you know, that's what ended up happening. So now, as a result, you know, he's created a lot of chaos. Okay, so the reason why God, they, they fall out is because Satan wanted, to be, the, Satan wanted to, to be the the God. He basically wanted God's position. Yep. 
Yep, got very jealous. Yep. Okay. Wanted to be the big kahuna. And they, they left it out. But in one way, do you feel that human beings are all, um, they're speaking gods of their own reality? I mean, don't they decide or have final decision of where their life's going to go? What's the difference between what state was seeking what human beings can seek, theoretically speaking, in this lifetime by making, having the free will? Well, I think you have both just in different degrees. You know, people make, you know, take control of their lives. Satan tries to, you know, catch their attention, tickle their fancy, so to speak. And, you know, people are given a choice. Ultimately, people have the choice, you know, what to do with their lives. So I, I think you have both. Emma right. you know, you seem to have a very outgoing personality, very sweet. You, you work really well with a lot of people. How did you think your personality comes into play when it comes to communicating with spirits? Like, what parts of your personality do you think that give you an advantage of being able to communicate information clearly or a different tone? And do you think that if your personality was different, or you were weren't less you weren't as open that it would be more difficult for you to understand what was happening as far as communicating with spirits. Oh, that is it. You always ask such good questions. Um, you know what? I treat spirit people as people, and I try to make it as comfortable for my guests when I'm reading them or, or my clients or whatever. I say it like it is. Like I had a reading the other day, and this kid shot himself. I said to his mom, "I go, what a dumbass he is." I said, "Look at what he left behind." She actually started laughing. Yeah, we were laughing, but. You know, I, when I'm reading with my clients, if it is a mediumship rate, uh, type of reading, so I'm both a psychic and a medium, you know, I'll relate to the person just the, the way they are, as if they were still in the physical, um, which I think sets the tone and makes people feel very comfortable in the living when they're trying to reach in that direction. And the other thing is I don't really think anything about it. It's just it is what it is. Kind of like, okay, i got to get up and do the dishes today. Oh, you know, I see this train crash coming, you know, big deal. It is what it is. You know, sometimes you can do something, sometimes you can't, but, you know, it's just sort of like part of life. You know, you go to the grocery store, you go shopping or whatever, you see people, it's like, you know, it is what it is. Now, have you ever done any, have you ever had any experiences where you've tried any kind of substances, alcohol, marijuana, um, MDMA, that, that have done anything that have actually enhanced or um, impacted your psychic abilities? Oh, that's a funny question. Do you know in high school, I had two cousins, one was a seer, one wasn't, both girls, they hated each other, go figure, the three of us, they were always fighting. Our parents, Lisa and Natalie, like our parents were brothers and sisters, my uncle, my aunt, or my mother's siblings. But I could recall we'd go to like the graveyard and we'd smoke a little dope here and there. And I used to laugh because I'm like, of all places that were smoking dope in the graveyard and guess who sees dead people, you know. Um, I didn't do a lot of it. Um, as far as drinking, I don't drink just because I'm a migraine sufferer. When for some reason people like myself tend to be prone to migraines and headaches and things along that line. So, you know, I don't drink. I don't smoke. You know, if I smoke, it bothers my asthma anyway. So I just avoid all of them. Um, I've can, I can tell you from experience, not having a lot, maybe just a little bit of like something, like maybe a glass of champagne, and it just puts me under. So if any dead person wanted to talk to me, I would probably be passed out. So I just avoid it. Some people can get away with it. I can't, my system can't tolerate it, even though I have to say I do love champagne. Love it, but... <laughs> It doesn't let me back, you know, so when it enhanced my case, I'd be falling asleep. Well, are there certain activities that you engage in and also certain activities that a person can engage in that will attract spirits that may not necessarily be their guides where a spirit's trying to vicariously live through them? I'll give you one example. You do readings. You bring a lot of love and joy to people. I'm sure spirits will probably say, hey, you know, it's wonderful. You know, they're kind of hanging around you because they want to feel the warmth and the love that you're bestowing upon someone. Do um, the same thing apply, let's say, for example, for a person who's drinking very heavily? Would you have a spirit who is an alcoholic in their lifetime and they want to hang around and kind of kind of get a bump right at the piggyback ride? Is that something that you tend to happen? Will you have certain spirits that follow or hang around you when you're doing an activity that attracts certain types of spirits? Okay, yeah. You know, people that are, for example, alcoholics or say they might be, you know, a cigarette smoker, oftentimes you could walk into a bar and you can see a dead man who used to be an alcoholic trying to reach out for the beer in front of another person, a patron, because that's what they resonate with. Um, same thing with smoking. You know, you might see a person, you know, smoking a cigarette if you're, say, at the park, and then you see a dead person trying to reach for the cigarette because they want that hit again. Um, so, yeah, it's very common. It, that's why it's good if you can get to a point before you leave the earth that you're not so stuck on things. Like, I love jewelry. I love animals, you know. So I know they have great uh, jewelry stores on the other side. I'll have to fill up my war chest when I get over there. But in the meantime, you know, it is what it is, you know. So trying to avoid the negative uh, things that we're, uh, you know, attracted to, smoking, cigarettes, you know, whatever. 
So when you're saying the other side, you're actually describing is it uh, what, what is it? Is it our basically what our world only more peaceful place without uh, the, the whole nuclear weapons and uh, you know negative aspects about it? Is it? Yeah, not high interest rates on credit cards too. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think of the banking. Um, the other side. Well, again, there's different levels, but where we typically will end up. It's interesting because that particular realm has houses, trees, and shopping. You know, you have Vegas, um, all the niceties. You have beautiful water that um, isn't filled with poisons and toxins. Everything's in a pure state. Um, you know, you look at your past lives, you meet up with your loved ones. It's funny. I go out of body a lot. We all do. And for some reason, I always end up at this one bar restaurant. It's wooden. It's like um, a first floor bar. It's right on the beach. Every single time I go there, I always run across this kid named Ron, who I went to school with, who died in his early 20s, speaking of alcoholism. He was a severe alcoholic, plus he was a diabetic. So that's what ended up causing his demise like 20 years ago. And it's always funny. Every time I go out of body, he's always there, always at the bar. And he's always like, hey, Karen, I'm like, hey, Ron. I mean, we weren't the best of friends, but we were friends. It's really hilarious. Wait, no, you know, he's still trying to drink. He's still trying to drink. He's still having to try to get that. Now, when you're at this place, you're saying, is this heaven or is this an astral? Is this the astral plane? Because, because sometimes we... We've interviewed people who've gone to heaven and said they never want to come back. They're at this place where they, it's so filled with love and peace, and they just don't ever want to come back. I mean, do you ever get that sensation when you're at this place that it is a place where you, you never want to return from? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had a near death, too, and I'll tell you, I I never want to come back. Um, actually, it was so weird. I had gotten a really, really bad fever. I was actually going in for some surgery for some neck surgery, and I pop out of my body normally. But in this instance, I knew, like, I if I could stay out, I could have really stayed out. My heart had stopped, whatever. But I was told, you need to go back. I was sleeping, which was funny. I had gotten a fever, went to bed, wasn't feeling good. I was pre-surgery, like, two days before going um, in for surgery and what have you. And literally popped out. And I remember feeling, like, this big cramp in my heart. And I remember getting to the other side, saw all this light, whatever, and, of course, and my mother-in-law and my aunt, who's like a mother to me, and then my two grams, who I was very close with, um, and they were both psychics, by the way, all four of them made me go back. And I was so pissed because I had absolutely no pain. You felt this in, in, incredible love. I've already been to the landscape on the other side. And they're like, nope, nope, you're going back. So I shot back in. And I could feel that pull into my heart. And I'm like, oh. And then the worst part of it was, as I'm coming back to, I'm saying, this isn't fair. I'm yelling at them. And I'm telling out to my husband, I'm like, can you believe what they just did to me? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he couldn't hear me. He was in the next room until finally I came out. He's like, what's going on? And I explained, I said, your mother, my aunt, my two grams made me come back. And I could have had the chance to go because my heart had actually stopped for a minute. Which that's how a lot of times people in their sleeps, you know, they pass their hearts, go, whatever. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, but they said, you have to go back. You can't stay here. You have to go back. We're going to jumpstart you. And that's more frequency than what most people realize. People just don't talk about it or they think they just had an odd dream. Not really realizing they, they were very close to death. Yeah. Uh, when they come back, I always wonder, like, what's the, you know, why do, why do, why do you come back? Why do you see this? Do you come back here to reassure people that, hey, you know, you're only in this body for a short period of time and everything's going to be okay? I mean, do you, do you think that's the real reason why? People are meant to go back, and they're meant to go back as messengers, or are they meant to go back to maybe still work on karma that they're kind of working through, or still work on their evolutionary lesson that they, they were here to first come down here for? Usually the reason why you come back is for your own. Um, yes, in some ways it may offset, and you may be there for other people, but generally it's for your own well-being, you know, that you haven't finished something that you need to do. You need to complete the cycle before you can go to the next level. And that's why typically why God says, nope, you got to go back. Do you ever see a progression of of evolution? I'll tell you what, this is one of my, this is one of my main goals. I'm going to tell you and, and our listeners for the first time. Is that I would love to evolve and grow to the point where I am uh, I'm God. I'm basically like a God, and I, and I kind of do my own thing. And, you know, I'm kind of God of the universe. And I always feel like, can we all get to that point? Can we all grow and raise our vibration and become so... Um, unique and so one that we have become separate from God, where we're actually on God's level or one with God as part of like a brother or sister. Um, we can get to a point. Well, God will always be like the parent, but you could become to the point where you're like God's right hand man, so to speak. Okay. You know, so God will always be like the big cheese, but we could be like the little cheese that's which is what our goal is, anyways, to strive to be the cheese that. You know, to try to make that next realm so that, 
you know, or get to that next evolution so that we're so good we don't have to come to the earth, but we can, you know, act as guides or whatever. Right. Now, do you, the way you describe God as being the all-powerful, all-supreme, do you think that, um, is that just the way it is no matter what uh, species or evolutions you're in, or do you think that is more of an idea that came from the human aspect of tribal hierarchy where there's one group leader, and what human beings do is that they reflect on their tribal beliefs or animal instincts that that is what they, what they see in the physical form is what they believe in spirit? Hmm, I think it's something that's evolved collectively, collective consciousness, so to speak. Okay. We've all had like that same take on it. We've all like aspired. I think God probably set the initial tone for it, and then we've been running with it ever since. Uh, and, uh, you know, I want to just let everyone, remind everyone to please go to our website at k a r y n reese r e e c dot com. Because you know, in addition to telling you about your services and the shows that you're doing, you have a fantastic blog. You have a lot of great information on there, and. One of the wonderful articles you've written was, what can we learn from the deceased? What are some of the things that you've learned from people who've died? Is there, is there a common message that they tell you? Do they regret? Uh, is there something that they, they thoroughly regret? And when they come to you and they speak, do they have a lot more knowledge and information than they did when they were alive? Or do they have access to the Akashic Records? Do they have access to direct communication with their spirit guides where they're able to communicate with you about things that they couldn't when they were uh, in the physical form? That's another great question. Yes, and yes. <laughs> you just do. You get, like, the best questions. Um, the thing is, a lot of times you get to the other side, you get a broader perspective on things. You get to see things from the other person's perspective. It's like you're also like a bird hovering over, and you're looking at it from God's perspective and how it relates to everybody because we're all interconnected. As much as we don't always want to be connected to somebody we don't like, there's always a connection. Um, so you definitely learn a lot more. You see things in a whole different light than what you did here on Earth. Unfortunately, in Earth, we allow too many things to cloud us, and that's one of the things that I've learned over the years. Live your life to the fullest. Um, don't fear life. You know, you're going to have your ups and downs. You know, be courageous. Take, you know, take the risk. Do what you have to do, that kind of thing, you know, and move forward. And don't let people, you know, try to stop you from, you know, going after the goals that you're looking to go after because that's real key, too, and people don't realize that. So... Um, but it's definitely, you know, living your life to the fullest and going for it. And the other thing, too, is people have taught me, you know, you don't want to be deceitful because what you put out comes back to you. So when you go for your life review, you know, were you deceitful? Were you good? Were you bad? What were your intentions? Intentions play a big role when you get to the other side, where you're going to go. Were you intending to be a jerk or did you just do a dumb thing, <laughs> you know? So and but living your life. Living your life. Sorry. Yep, following your dreams, living your life. And if a person, I'm just curious, there are, in our culture today and even the world, there are various groups a person can join. They can join religions, they can join uh, you know, cultural groups. If you commit your energy to a group or a nation, and the nation or group does things that infringes upon people, or it does things that help people, uh, is your tie with that group, and if you separate yourself from that group, if you decide to sever the tie between yourself and that group, Will you still be, um, you know, wrapped up in the karma, even if you no longer commit your energy to that particular group or nation or whatever um, entity? Typically, no, because you've actually solved that problem during your lifetime. Okay. You know, unless, of course, you've done a lot of really bad, bad stuff, you still may have to play some of it out. But typically speaking, you know, if you correct a situation while you're still alive, that usually is enough for you not to have to you know, resolve it in a future life. Got it. But it depends on, you know, how bad. But typically speaking, or if you can say I got in, I realize now I'm going to use it as a tool to say don't go in, um, you know, in a particular group because it's a cult or whatever, which religion is a cult too. Most people don't realize it. but And it started as a cult, any religion. But, you know, I always tell people take the, take the best and leave the rest because you could look at each school of thought, whether it's religion or some other ideology, politics, take the best, leave the rest. But getting back to what you were saying, if you correct it while you can, then chances are you don't have to correct it in a future life. And as far as the future life goes, I mean, do you actually run out of life to come into? And do you just decide as a human being that you've reached this point and you're done and can you go on to another evolution and another physical form? Unfortunately, God is great. God has so many lives for us to live. It's never ending. So, 
you know, each lifetime is to bring you to the next level. Hopefully at some point you will have mastered enough lifetimes that you don't have to come back, but there's plenty of lifetimes God can create for you. We'll create another lifetime. You're going to go somewhere cold. You know, you're going to have a problem with the foot. You know, you're going to do this, or you're going to do that. But there's, it's, you know, unlimited lifetime. Kind of sounds like something you get at, like a food restaurant. Unlimited, you know, Phillips on your soda. No, I don't. I don't want the unlimited lifetimes. I'm, I'm, that's why I'm giving my best <laughs> for this one because I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm check, checking my chips in. I'm going. I'm going on to the next evolution. And uh, that's my. You sound like my, me. I'm, you know, I just I've had it because you know, I, you know, I love I love physical reality. I, you know, I love the, the family, but I just. I, I saw this movie the other night. It's called Idiocracy. It's with Mike Judge. It's, it's 2006 or seven, and it talked about the world 500 years in the future and how everyone's stupid. And this movie came out 10 years ago, <laughs> and about 50% of it was true in this day and age. I was like, no, I'm not. No, no, I don't, don't want to be a part of it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about that movie. I gotta watch it. Yeah, it's a great it's, movie. It's, <laughs> it like, it's funny like George too. Orwell's nineteen eighty four. These are these are works of fiction and, and they're coming true. It's like people like looked at these books and these movies and like, let's just let's follow that plan exactly the way it should be. So um, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a thought. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass is going back to Earth again. Oh, you know, it's funny because I was in a meditation one time, not even expecting, you know, this to happen. It's, and God, this is a while back. And all of a sudden, I went forward 100 years. I come up out of ground. You could see that there was some kind of, like, nuclear explosion because the ground was, like, all brown. There was no grass. You could see, like, hues of orange kind of radiation still settling the atmosphere. And everything were, like, these cylinder glass buildings that you could pop your head up and look out or, you know, go up to different floors and look out, but you couldn't really go out to the earth without wearing, you know, protective gear. And I'm like, and that's about 100 years in the future, so I guess we've got about 90 years left before that takes place. But that just goes to show. Are there stupid people in this reality? Because now I'm, you're giving me hope. And I don't come back. <laughs> well, there's less people because a lot of them were killed off, so less stupid people, less hopefully, stupid but people? proportionately speaking, no. between, yeah, I didn't take a, a poll for those smarties and the dummies. Jeez, no. Are those people killed off because of a nuclear war? I mean, do you, have you seen visions of Because I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. I'm mm-hmm. just so curious about this. But have you seen that nuclear war happen, like a worldwide nuclear thing happened because it seems like you know, all these countries have nukes and the leaders of these countries they, they just you know they don't seem like they're all about peace they're all like yeah peace peace they're like ah oh, let's use them oh yeah yeah there's definitely nuclear war i mean you can't trust certain people i don't know why people would even give it a shot of trusting like assad or russia or whoever uh clearly the iranians and the iranian people are very nice people um you know well, i've met a lot of iranian americans lovely people but unfortunately the whole regime is all Crazy. crazy. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Why would Allah or God or whoever you want to call the big chief want you to destroy people simply because they don't agree? I would think that your God would say, let's try to convert them in a positive way. That's what all loving is. But people, you know, they screw up religion for their own, you know, well-being and whatever, how they can capitalize on it. Hopefully it will be peaceful. You know, um, in the course of your lifetime, have you ever been contacted by a spirit who was somebody you were romantically involved with in a previous life incarnation that never moved on because you guys, you know, maybe they they had their own issues or maybe because they weren't over you? That's another really good question. God, you make, I'm telling you, I've talked to so many people over the years. You always ask the best questions. Um, I personally haven't. It's true, though, right? I mean, you are the man. So you ask really good, juicy questions because typically people just ask more of the, is this a gift or is this a curse? I'm like, I don't know. It's a pain in my ass when they don't come by and they wake me up in the middle of the night and they don't do the bloody dishes. You know, I've had ghost stalkers where, you know, um, I might meet somebody's not a brother and he follows me home or just the opposite. I'm taking a shower and somebody shows up. You're going to read my mom today. And I'm like, great, get out of my shower. But Jeez. I've never had a past love. I probably drove them all crazy in a past life, you know. <laughs> They're like, I want to be in heaven, not with hell, with Reese, because oh she'll drive us crazy, God. <laughs> oh, Reese, we have time for two more questions. I want to thank you so much for being with us. And uh, one of the questions I have for you is this. What are three spiritual practices you, you would recommend to somebody to basically increase their protection, to protect themselves and to protect others around them? 
You know what? That's a great question. I always tell people, surround yourself with God's white light, and you can do that with your loved ones. I surround my kitty, my doggy, my husband, whoever, and just say, put the intention out. You don't even have to visualize it, but if you are, visualize like a big white cloud encircling yourself for a second and your loved ones. The other thing you can do, too, is visualize yourself in a house, and somebody's coming to the door. You don't want them, and that you close the door in on you. You're shutting people out from you, and that will definitely put um, protection around you. But always God's white light. And the last question I have is, are there any particular words of wisdom or an affirmation that you recommend people say on a consistent, regular basis to, you know, to keep themselves growing in path of love? Yep, I would say I am powerful. I create my own life in a very positive way. I am worthy of all positive things, people, places, or situations coming my way, and I can always solve my problems. Amen. And repeat that just a couple of times, something along that line. You know, because you want the power, you take control over your life. God gave you that as an option. God's given you choices to make. You know, empower yourself to make the choices, the right choices. Um, give yourself permission to say, I deserve it. A lot of people don't believe that they deserve to have great things. They want it, but they don't really um, look within to say, I really do deserve it. And that's a big st- uh, stumbling block as to why they don't eventually get what they're going after, whether it's a job or a particular loved one or whatever. Put it out there. You know, God gave you a chance to create your life. You know, you you put it out there. This is what I'm going to do. God gave me this chance. I'm going to do it and do it. Miss Karen Reese, psychic medium, (laughs) I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Great interview. To learn more about Miss Reese, please go to her website at Karen Reese, K-A-R-Y-N Reese, dot com. You can also get a reading with Miss Reese. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're the best. Thank you. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our phenomenal guest, Miss Karen Reese. And special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Lisa Caza, and Miss Constance Stellas. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, please go to our website at OuterLimitsRadio.com. So the next time we meet, my friends, wishing upon you an abundance of peace love and beers take good care thank you so much for listening hopefully we'll all be here and not crispy critters for some kind of big global war let's keep the peace going peace and love unto all of you thank you for listening